Uh, I'm going to just pick up some things that we were talking about last week, Ephesians 3, 14 through 16. Um, it's a, a little excerpt I want to read of a prayer that, that Paul prayed. And I would encourage you to read the prayers of Paul. You'll find, uh, you'll find them throughout his epistles. There's definitely one in chapter 1 of Ephesians. There's also this prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. I'm just going to read a little bit of it because it kind of heads into where we're going. But it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Isn't that cool? There's a family in heaven and there's a family on earth. There's people I know in heaven. There's people you know in heaven. You know, they don't cease to exist. They're there rooting you on. They don't care about everything in the natural you're doing. They don't care what you had for breakfast. If you had oatmeal, they're not taking note of that in heaven. But they know when you make moves for God. They, knew, they know when you crash through barriers the devil's tried to put in your way. They know when you choose life and they're cheering for you. Did you ever cheer somebody on in a race? Dana's dad used to run marathons. He ran, I don't even know how many marathons he's ran in his life. Like, I think I lost count at 40 or something. But we used to, as a family, go cheer him on at the Twin City Marathon. I'm telling you what, I had that thing down. We'd eat spaghetti the night before. Sorry, it's, it's a bunch of carbs and stuff. But anyway, they'd eat all this spaghetti, and, and they'd get fired up for the race, you know. And we'd be there at the, 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 the where they start the race out, you know, and We'd be going, yeah, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. They haven't even started. We're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dana, my wife, she is. She used to be a cheerleader. She is a good cheerer, you know. I'm just, I'm with her. But anyway, then we'd run, and we'd, we'd meet him at 11-mile mark, and we had honey water for him. We'd slap it in his hand as he ran by, and he'd drink it down, pour it over his head, and we'd yell, go crazy and stuff, and we'd cheer and say, yeah, you can do this. Then we'd... Then we'd go to Denny's and eat a Grand Slam breakfast because we could do that before we'd get to the finish line. Then, then we'd get to the finish line, and, and, you know, we'd be there about 20 minutes before he'd cross it because we knew how long it took him to run the race. It was, it was three hours something he could do it in. And, and uh, we'd be there just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every person that crossed that finish line, they were a champion. They're a champion. I don't care if they crawled across that finish line. I've never run a marathon. That's, this is my idea of a marathon, folks. I gained weight at a marathon. And then I grab every vendor that's there. And then, we'd, then as soon as he crossed the finish line, he'd get his medal. Then we, I knew this place. I knew what was going on. Then we'd run to the armory and we'd go, all right, they're serving pizza. I'm telling you, they feed so much at a marathon. I tell you, it's crazy. You know, if you're not running, it can be dangerous. But these people are cheering, cheering on uh, you, the family in heaven. They know when you're doing things for God. They know when you, you're, 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 you're believing him and stepping out in faith, yielding to him. So there's a family in heaven and a family in earth. He said uh, that he'd grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. Okay, that's the, 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 the note I wanted here. He, he's praying for believers. He's praying for you and people like you and me. And, you know, again, the day we're living in, this, this day right now that we're in the earth, we need this stuff that he's praying about more than we ever did. He says that you'd be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. Can you say inner man? Amen. You know, we were talking about this last week, and Melinda had a vision of the inner man being a superhero. And I think that's pretty true. There's an inner man inside you, and he is a superhero. 
You know, don't get hung up on he, he or she or whatever. God loves you, and the person you are on the inside is a container of this strength that Paul's praying about. Inside you, you've got the strength of God. Say, I've got strength. strength. It's on the inside. inside. Most often when God does, does things in my life and in your life, he does them from the inside out. Did you ever notice that? You know, in, in, it's very human to be looking at to go the other way, to go from the outside in or something, you know. We're, you know, we can, if we don't watch it, we can get our eyes on all these things out here, but God is doing a work, and it's coming from the inside out. I like that little picture Mary had there this morning of, of coming out of the, the world system into the glory system, into the God system, and it's like a rocket shooting out. I tell you, you got a rocket building up on the inside of you, ready to shoot you out of the norm. Shoot you. You know, Paul talked about, about some group, it was the Corinthians, I think. He says they're acting like mere men. Mere men. You're not mere men, folks. You're supernatural beings. You're new creations in Christ Jesus. You're loaded with the goods. Say, I got the goods. In fact, that's what Paul is praying here in these, these verses in, in, in Ephesians here. He's praying, he's praying for the body of Christ. He's saying, guys, wake up. Open your eyes and see what God has done on the inside of you. You know, that's the whole mission of a Christian, you know, as we live here on this earth, is to get what's on the inside of us to the outside. It's yielding to him. It's yielding to him. Everything that, that you are in Christ has been done. We just need to work it out. We just need to yield. <sighs> sanctified. What does sanctified mean? It means that we've learned to yield. It means that we're not being pulled by the flesh. We're, not, we're choosing not to be yielded to the flesh, but we're choosing to be yielded to the Spirit. It's an ongoing thing. It's like a, something I choose every day, but it, there's a power in us that, that is working for the glory in our lives. I'm telling you. First uh, Thessalonians 5.23. I'm going to give you a couple scriptures here. Paul prayed this. Boy, that guy was a praying guy. I don't apologize for praying ever. Paul was praying everywhere he went. Thank God for prayer. Anybody ever have anybody pray for you before you were saved? Yeah. Tell you what, don't quit praying. If you're praying for people now, you don't see it, don't quit. Don't quit. You guys know I've probably told this here a few times at least. When I was a young man running from God, 20, you know, and just a total maniac, you know, pot smoking, drug taking, you know, whatever. You know, I was doing it all because that's that's all I knew. I wasn't a bad person. It wasn't like I was, you know, well, I was, sometimes I was bad, but not always. And, and you know, it's just how I lived. It's where I grew up. And, and, you know, my dad, he was a Christian. Mom was too. But my dad was a, he was a firecracker. He was, you know, good night. He prayed in tongues. He was, he'd talk in tongues in our house more than he talked in English, I think. Kind of like my wife. Anyway, but, uh, but I called my dad up, and I said, Dad, why don't you do me a favor? I didn't call him much, so it was a big deal. I even called him. He says, what's that, son? I said, I want you to quit praying for me. And then I said, uh, 
gave him a couple other names of people that I knew. I said, I want you to call them up and tell them to quit praying too because it's really bugging me. How ignorant can a guy be? <laughs> that just meant turn it up. It was only a few months I got saved. <laughs> don't quit. It can look dark. It can look like, my goodness, I don't know if my prayers are working. Tell you what, they're working. God's hearing your prayers. Actually, Pastor Stephen was one. As we saw his picture in the newspaper. They're a new band in town. Bunch of teenagers. Doing this band thing. And my kids, they were in bands. Or they were in a band. They were, that was their heart. And I know Dane and I saw this back then. We got the Sunday paper delivered to our house, and that was on the front page of a section with a whole story about these kids and their band called, you know the name of the band? Well, the name, all right, well, you know what? We're just going to take a vote. How many want to hear the name of the band? Anybody not want to hear it? Okay. All right, right now, Pastor Stephen, just plug your ears, please. All right. So the name of the band was very clever. It was called The Road to Nowhere. But it wasn't like N-O-W-H-E-R-E. -E. It was K-N-O-W, which I thought, that's, that's interesting. Somebody thought about this, The Road to Nowhere. It was. <laughs> so we started praying for those young lads. You know, I may not go where I'm going to, was going to go today, but who cares, huh? So we started praying for these young guys, and it turned out that in that group, in that newspaper picture, was not only Pastor Stephen, but my other son-in-law as well. Didn't know either one of them. Didn't know either one. But we started praying. I remember we were going to have a big youth thing, and we rented out the, what's that place called? Yeah, the Stout Ale House. It was called something, maybe, might have been called that, I don't know. But it was the same place, the Banquet Hall. We rented it out back then. We brought in this group, was Go. And they, they, were, they were, had a rocking band and had everything, lights and fog and all kinds of stuff, skits and plays. And we were just, you know, wanting to see the people, young people in Menominee come in and make a decision for Christ. And sure enough, Dana and I are sitting there that night we look over in my peripheral vision. I see these two young lads walk in, and it was Stephen and Ben, my two son-in-laws. And I'm inside. I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside, I'm looking cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> they they walked in at the most unopportune time there could have been. Well, everybody was was praying in tongues. Everybody, we'd, we're in this ministry time, and it was kind of in the beginning. It was just like, you know, you know how it is like you're bringing somebody, they don't know anything, and it's the wildest point. There was really, I don't think there was any music going on. It was just that. And I don't apologize for that. But Paul talked about it, you know. Paul talked about it in Corinthians. He says, you get an unbeliever, they don't know what you're doing. So they lasted five minutes. Yeah, they were late. Well, my other son-in-law, God bless you, Ben. I love you. 
we call it Ben time, and that's what they're on, because Ben doesn't always show up on time, but but uh, he's a party when he gets there, so he's good. But um, they showed up, and they lasted maybe five, maybe ten, I don't know. Maybe. You watched it, Amber. You knew, too. Yeah, you were, you were praying. They beelined out the door, and... Uh, See, but now we can we know the rest of the story. Both these guys are serving God, love God now. Yeah, I remember. I remember when for that morning that Stephen back then we didn't call him Pastor Stephen. I tell you that much. <laughs> Pulled up into church and we were we we're all praying in the the facility we had then. There was a window you could see out in the parking lot while we were praying, so we could target people as they're walking in the door. You know. I said, hey, that's Stephen Keller's walking in. Oh, whoo, shundai, shundai, whoo, ha. We were going wild. And then you walk out of the prayer room and you just try to act cool, you know. You don't want to explode on everybody right away. But uh, I guess we hugged him a few times or something. But, but anyway, God does work. So I'm just saying, what were we talking about? Who knows? Prayer. 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 Prayer makes a difference. Prayer is like the roots. You know, I used to work for Billy Graham. And he used to send out a letter to the people that, you know, supported him every year. I think he did it every couple months, it seemed like. Uh, there's a crusade coming up here in such and such a date. And he'd say, you know what the secret of the success of this ministry is? It's three words. And if you had never read it before, you'd go, wow, what's the success of the ministry of Billy Graham? And, you know, the, the results that he's having, what is it? What is it? It's prayer, prayer, and prayer. That's what he based it on, his ministry. And he, he lived that. He was always praying. You know, whenever we'd get together in a, a meeting of any kind, it wasn't a spiritual meeting, we'd start by praying for the upcoming crusade. We'd say, all right, you know what? All that stuff adds up. It makes an impact. So it's this, you got this inner man Paul said this in Thessalonians. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. See, you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Okay? It's important that you know who you are on the inside. It's important that you know what you have on the inside. Because what you know you, you are and what you know you have on the inside, what you know is going to affect your outsides. Okay? You've got strength on the inside of you. God's, God's given you strength even for this day. Even for this day. Oh, but you don't understand what I'm going through today. I tell you, when they wrote the Bible, they didn't understand what it would be like here in what is it, 2023? They didn't know. I tell you, he knew. I tell you what, the strength you have on the inside is, is equipped you to flourish in this day. Are you out there today? So again, there's a man on the inside. There's a man on the inside. First Peter 3, 3 through 4, uh, Peter said it like this. He says, don't let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing a gold, putting on a fine apparel. Or rather, let it be the hidden man of the heart with an incorrupt beauty and a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Let me tell you what he didn't say. Can I tell you a few things he didn't say? He didn't say not to wear jewelry. 
He didn't say just let yourself go on the outside. That's right. He didn't do that. Because if he told you that, he also told you not to wear clothes. And I'm thanking God every one of us have clothes on today. <laughs> People get, get wild ideas sometimes. I do too. Christians do. But let's come back to the Bible. All Peter said was this. He says, he didn't say don't have those things. He said, don't let them be your confidence. Don't let them be the priority. Know this, that the person on the inside of you is your priority. And that person on the inside, when, he's, when, you're, when you're living life from the inside out, it, it affects you outside. It affects you. It makes you look good. It makes you look smart. It makes you look like, wow, you got it together. And, and you know, that's what he does. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He does that. All right. Um, then, in, in, and I'm not reading this one, but in 2 Corinthians 4.16, I read this last week, uh, Paul referred to it as the inner man and the outer man. And, and uh, just know this. The real you is in the, on the inside. Live life from there. All right, I'm going to read this. I'm going to go through this page of scriptures, and I think I'm going to end with this again. Okay? You guys okay? It's because it's I went different places, but that's okay. You know, I always come in here. I know Pastor Stephen does that too. I always come in prepared with a message, but I don't trust the message. And you know what? We're ready to go anyway that God has us go. Throw the notes. I remember one time, I don't think anybody would have been here, but in the early days of the church, we had a gentleman pass away. He was a champion. Let me tell you. I was with him the night before he died. There was no indication he was going to go. He, the guy just went. He wasn't sick or anything. And I remember we did his funeral, and we had to get a big place. Back then, we didn't have any place. And we got the, the, the big Lutheran church in Colfax. And uh, I think everybody thought I was a Lutheran pastor because it was at the Lutheran church. And we got to going on with the service, you know. And I'm telling you, I didn't see the Dana saw it. But it was like the glory cloud rolled in from the front of the service and swept over the people. And she said, as I was watching it happen, she said, you just, when it happened, you took your notes. Back then I had all my, I didn't have an iPad. I had written notes out that I was, I, tell you, I hadn't done many funerals at that point. And I took them and I went, I just threw them in the air. I said, forget that. And I went to preach. <laughs> and there's this guy in about the third row. He was like, <gasps> <laughs> I hope he's on a leash. <laughs> we'll do that anytime. We just want God. That's what counts. That's what matters. All right, here, here goes. Joel 3.10. It says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. I don't even know what that means, but I know what this next thing is. <laughs> this is the part I got to. I know what this means. It says, let the weak say I'm strong. 
let the weak say, I'm strong. Didn't say, let the strong say, I'm strong. It said, let the weak say, I'm strong. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. Let me just stop for a minute. The word infirmities here does not necessarily mean sickness. There is a time or two that it meant sickness. Basically, you want to know what the word infirmities means. Most often when it's translated out, it's, it means weakness. And if you look at the context of what he's talking about here, weakness fits the context. He said, I'd rather boast in my weakness that the power of Christ may rest on me. Therefore, I take pleasure, I'm going to read it this way, in weakness, in reproaches, in need, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. You see, really, you can stand in, in all this world's strength, but it's only going to get you so far. But Paul's saying this. He says, there's a greater strength. When I get my eyes off of you know, I have to think, you know, when I think of Paul, the apostle, I don't think of him as a weak man. This guy preached the gospel to most of the known world of his day. It takes some, it takes some, some zip or something to do that. But Paul was saying, as he says, I could put my eyes on physical strength, but I could only go so far. But he said, if I realize my insufficiencies and tap into his sufficiency. He says, I can break through anything that's in front of me. There's strength on the inside of you. All right, I'm going to read this scripture. We're going to do our best to close with it. In Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. It says, have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, you know, I, I don't care if you have this on a plaque in your house. Don't be deceived. This is power right now. There's fire right now. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. I'm not against plaques, okay? Sometimes, though, we can almost treat them like a nursery rhyme because we see them all the time. Don't let it be that. This is a word from God. He's just saying, draw into me. Take tap hold of the strength that I have because it's for you today. 
Are you doing the altar call today? Yeah, come on. Father, I do pray for each person here. Me too. Help us not to get our eyes on fleshly things or stuff that we think puts us over that isn't you. Help us to set our minds and our eyes on the power on the inside of us, on your strength, your might. It's all about you. Open our eyes. Help us to see. Help us to live and walk in that God realm. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all grateful for that word or what? <clears throat> Matthew eleven twenty nine uh, through something. Jesus says, come to me, all. Can you say all? Not some. All who are weary and heavy laden. Anybody in this house ever been weary or heavy laden? Yeah? This just talked about a different kind of strength where you won't grow weary. And Jesus says, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How many of y'all want some rest for your soul? Hello? Listen, I'm here to tell you there ain't no amount of Netflix that'll give it to you. There ain't no amount of booze that'll get you there. And even if you think you found it from that certain kind of high, from that certain kind of thing, you'll wake up the next day going, ah! I know because I've been there many times. I tried all the things. They don't work. I'm here to save you some time. Hello, online family. Stop wasting your time. Hello, everybody in here. Let's stop wasting our time trying to feel better from things that are incapable of bringing rest to our souls. God does not want you weary. He wants you strengthened. He wants to bring life to you. He wants to light you up. He does not want a dead church, a dead world full of a bunch of zombies. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I'm saying God wants to light you up. He doesn't want you weary. And if you are weary, I'm sorry. And it hurts, and I know it. But today, everything can change. I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm here to tell you the truth of the gospel. That's that Jesus bought you on a cross once and for all times so that you could live free in relationship with him. All sin, all shame, all curse, all anything standing in the way between us and the Father, Jesus voluntarily took that upon himself so that we could enter into relationship with him. And that's the relationship we were designed for, y'all. I want to tell you this morning, you're not a special failure if things are really, really hard for you and you don't know the Lord. That's inevitable. It's inevitable, y'all. 
We were designed to be in relationship with him, lit up by his spirit, period. So outside of that, we're weary. Outside of that, we're zombies. Outside of that, we're chasing our tails. Y'all ever see a cat chase their tail before? We're chickens with our head cut off. Jesus is the head. It makes us, ah! you know what I mean? Some of y'all are like, does he need deliverance? No, I'm good. <laughs> good. Good. I don't know. It's the spirit of God, you know. <laughs> Thank you. But I just want to tell you, man, aside from even your need, his love for you exceeds anything you can imagine. He didn't just do it because you needed it. He did it because he loves you. Some of us need to know that. And so I want to lead us in a prayer. And in and, and saying this prayer, we're turning. This ain't just like some magic fairy tale phrase. Okay? We're turning from a life of doing things on our own, trying to be our own gods. We make terrible gods. Can I get an amen? amen. We're the worst. I am so bad at ruling my own life. I can't do it. Neither can you. He's the only one who can do it. And we all need to be saved. So we're in this prayer. We're turning from doing things our own way. We're receiving what Jesus did for us, receiving forgiveness and wholeness and relationship with him. The spirit of God comes to live in us and make us brand new creatures where old things pass away and all things are made new. This is the message of the gospel for everyone, all who are weary and heavy laden. So I just want you to say this with me. And again, by saying this, we're entering into his kingdom, into a relationship that starts here on the earth. And you know what? You don't have to be afraid of hell for the rest of your life. And receiving what he did for you and praying this, you're entering into relationship that starts here and continues into eternity. That's good news. How many all want to be with God like forever? How many all don't want to do the hell thing? Hello? Is anybody like, yes, please, hell? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Jesus made a way. I'm not here to scare people into the kingdom, but it's pretty awesome that he bought us for eternity with him. And so I'd encourage you, if you want to give your life to the Lord here this morning, or maybe even just the message of weariness is hitting you afresh here this morning, I just want you to stand up. And I'm not afraid of nobody standing up. If everybody in this house is born again, that's fine. But if this is registering on the inside of you, I want you to stand up. Cool. Online fam, I want you to stand up. I'll wait. Put down the muffin. <laughs> Park the car. And let's all say this together. Father God, I thank you for your great love for me. 
I admit I cannot be God of my own life. I need a Lord. I need a Savior. And I acknowledge and receive Jesus Christ as both. I declare I am forgiven. I am free. I am a child of God in what Christ Jesus did for me. Holy Spirit, come live in me and be real to me. Show me what relationship with the Father looks like. I thank you for it. In Jesus' awesome name. Can we say amen? Amen, amen. Hey, church, bring me some people to preach that too. Okay.